This is Open House, presented by the BC Real Estate Association. On this episode, we talk to Kim Spencer, who is also known as the Ethics Guy, about doing business during COVID-19. But first, let's look at what realtors need to know right now. Hi, and welcome back to Open House by BCREA. I'm Shahid Devji, and I'm glad you could join us again. We hope you and your family are staying healthy and happy during these uncertain times. As all of us continue to adapt to life during COVID-19, our show today again focuses on the impacts of the COVID-19 pandemic on realtors in BC. On today's show, we talk to Kim Spencer, who is a professional development instructor and manager of professional standards at the Real Estate Board of Greater Vancouver about what it means to do business during the COVID-19 pandemic. Of course, Kim, being the ethics guy, addresses some ethical questions related to practicing during this time, but he also explores what it means in practice for realtors and managing brokers right now. Before we get to that conversation with Kim, though, I wanted to remind everyone listening that this podcast is pre-recorded, and therefore some of the information you hear here might have evolved by the time you hear it and could be out of date. We have the latest updates with respect to COVID-19 and real estate practice in BC on our COVID-19 Resources for Realtors page, which can be found at bcrea.bc.ca slash COVID-19. And with that, let's get to what's new. Aside from the significant health implications, one of the biggest impacts on a large portion of the population in Canada is how COVID-19 affects people financially. The Government of Canada has announced many measures to help Canadians in need of financial support. Last episode, we spoke about the Canada Emergency Response Benefit, or CERB, and the Canada Emergency Wage Subsidy, and where realtors fit in. This week, the government has announced updates to CERB, which were aimed at making the benefit more inclusive. The update means Canadians who make less than $1,000 a month in the four-week eligibility period prior to applying for CERB, as well as seasonal workers and those who have recently run out of employment insurance, are now eligible to qualify for CERB. The BCREA economics team has released housing market data from March. A total of 6,717 residential unit sales were recorded by MLS in March 2020. This activity was an increase of 17.2% from March 2019. The average MLS residential price was up 15.1% from 2019. And the sales volume was also up 35% over 2019. However, BCREA Chief Economist Brendan Augmentson also reported that the COVID-19 pandemic started to put a halt on activity and April is also expected to show considerably halted activity. As COVID-19 continues to impact the way realtors conduct business, the Canadian Real Estate Association has created a new feature on Realtor.ca listings that allows for the promotion and highlighting of virtual open houses that are live-streamed. This feature allows realtors who choose to live stream an open house through services like Facebook, Instagram Live, and YouTube to feature that scheduled stream through a button at the top of their listing. The process is quite simple. You just need to visit realtor.ca slash go live and enter the details of your live stream under each of your listings. That does it for what's new. We have links to these specific items at bcreapodcast.ca under episode 5. And you can find all these and more COVID-19 resources for realtors at bcrea.bc.ca slash COVID-19. It's time for this episode's feature conversation. Kim Spencer, sometimes better known as the Ethics Guy, oversees the Real Estate Board of Greater Vancouver's professional standards and business practices. 
He is also a professional development instructor who teaches accredited PDP courses including Ethics, Unlocking the Realtor Code, and Risk Management, Protecting Yourself, Your Client, and Your Business. Kim has an in-depth knowledge of the realities of the real estate business gained from many years of real estate practice and brokerage management. He joins us today to talk about doing business during COVID-19, the transition to a virtual environment, and any ethical questions that may arise during the COVID-19 pandemic. So Kim, thank you for taking the time out of your day to join us. How are you doing these days? Well, busier than ever. Um, who, who would have thought that my inbox is blown up and my voicemail is blown up, mostly with uh, questions from members about um, how to do this and how to do that, and we're giving them the best advice we can within the backdrop of uh, not really understanding what's going on. We're all in uncharted territory. Yeah, that's right. And and things are changing so quickly that uh, there are, are new questions coming up daily. But, you know, one of one of the, the questions that has been out there since the beginning of this, I guess, in early March is, is uh, you know, continuing to do business and, and, and how realtors can do that, because, you know, there, there are people out there who, who need housing and obviously realtors need to make a living. So what do you say to realtors who decide that, uh, you know, they're going to help uh, clients buy and sell during this pandemic, and and we're talking about realtors here who who aren't closing a transaction, but rather starting a new one. Is that part of this reality here in your mind? Should realtors and can realtors be starting new transactions? Well, let's start with those two words: can and should. <clears throat> so yes, they can. They're an essential service, and I think it's important to remember that um, there are probably a lot of sellers and a lot of buyers who bought and sold in January and February. And these folks have to have somewhere to live and they need someone to help them find those places to live or to sell their place. So it's not as if we can just walk away, leave them in the lurch. Um, you know, so the, um, the government has uh, designated realtors as an essential service in recognition of this. So yes, they can. Should they? Well, that's a personal decision that a realtor is going to want to make. Um, I think we want to remember that Realtors are not obligated to take anyone's business if they don't choose to, and that would cover dealing with someone that they perhaps just don't have, they don't click with, or it's not a fit, uh, or if the person's giving them instructions that they would prefer not to follow, then of course, they're not obligated to take the business uh, of anyone who uh, walks through their virtual door. But if they do take someone on uh, as a client or start working with someone, they are obligated to follow uh, that client's lawful instructions. And uh, as long as they do that, um, uh, and they're helping someone fulfill their housing needs, I, I think that's entirely appropriate. Um, but with the proviso that if you're going to do a showing, an actual in-person contact, uh, they are, according to the government, to be kept strictly limited and with all the health um, advisories in mind. Yeah, absolutely. And it is certainly a, a new way of doing business right now and, and a lot to consider. And so, you know, realtors definitely need to be up to date with the latest information from the their government and health officials. But assuming a realtor does engage with a new client, a lot of what they'll be doing will be done virtually, you know, by the nature of the environment we're currently living in. What does doing business virtually actually mean? We've been hearing a lot about it in the last couple of weeks. We have, and I've written a little about it, and I don't know whether actually I'm the person to do it because I've never done a virtual deal. It's been some time since I've been out there with, with members. But, you know, I live vicariously through them, and I've heard about what they're doing, and I've seen some really innovative things. So let's just start with a definition of doing business virtually. It means you're not there, and you're causing something to happen. 
And in a way, we've been doing that for a long time through email, text, touch base, DocuSign, uh, all kinds of ways of communicating with people when we aren't there. We send documents back and forth, we scan documents. So, you know, we talk to them on the phone. So, and, and we aren't there for any of that. So that's been going on for some time. I, I think, though, in, in the current environment, what you're asking and what members are wondering about is, you know, how do you show a place? How do you put a deal together uh, without actually meeting anyone? And that is something different. So there, there I've seen some things um, um, that members have sent to me that I can describe for you. One of our members recently live streamed um, a tour of a house and um, it was really good. I, I thought it was wonderful actually. Um, so what he did was he had his, uh, had his iPhone um, video on and uh, had everything all set up and he started uh, on the sidewalk out in front of the house and he did a walk around of the house and, and he walked into the garage and then he came back into the back garden and then into the uh, family room and did a really nice tour of the house. It was probably 15 minutes long. Uh, which may be longer for, you know, than, than some members would want. But by the end of that tour, uh, I had a really good idea of what that house was all about. Uh, he gave a really nice running commentary and, um, uh, you know, one could see the feature sheet and click on it. And there were also some, uh, some floor plans and so forth that, that, that one could click on. So in his realtor comment, he said, would, uh, if you have a buyer who's interested, um, please take a look at the virtual tour uh, or the stream. And um, if you'd like to make an offer, please make it subject to inspection. Well, I think that's appropriate. Um, obviously, there's not going to be many buyers who are going to buy a place without actually going in and seeing it. But making offers subject to inspection will limit showings to those absolutely necessary. So, you know, one assumes that a buyer is going to come along. They've had a good view of the place. They make an offer, negotiate a deal, and then there is the showing with all the appropriate protocols uh, taking place. So I, I, I think it's entirely feasible to do it. You know, going past that, um, once the deal is accepted, um, many brokerages accept um, deposits by electronic, excuse me, EFT, electronic funds transfer. Um, so that could be done that way. Lawyers have had some of their uh, regulations loosened up by their their regulator and uh, professional association and LTSA has done the same thing. So other than actually going into the house with appropriate uh, health protocols being taken care of, I don't see why members could not do this. Obviously, there are going to be fewer deals because people may want to wait. But for all those people who need to buy and sell, who bought and sold already, this is vital that we help them do this. Yeah, absolutely. And and maybe to touch on that inspection portion and, and process, I mean, the whole process that you described there seems, you know, quite convenient to both buyers and sellers and, and, and realtors altogether. And, you know, this new reality, parts of it might extend once we get to our new normal. But when it comes to that, that inspection portion, you know, how, how should realtors and their clients deal with that? And you know, that is also, um, you know, imperative part of the transaction and you know it needs to happen in person so you, you talked about respecting you know those health risks and, and government advice is is that as far as it needs to go is that the only difference that we're kind of seeing these days is is just when you do get in person that you need to make sure you're you're following those guidelines well i think i might add a couple of things to it i mean um 
look, common sense is important. And I'm, I'm confident that BC Realtors have a lot of common sense. So uh, if you're wanting to manage your risk as a realtor, you want to remember some things. If you're going to um, uh, facilitate uh, an absolutely necessary showing or a visit from the home inspector or even the appraiser, if there's going to be mortgage, all, all those things are vital to the deal. They, they would, in my opinion, qualify as being absolutely essential. You're going to want to make sure that all of the parties who enter that property uh, or who undertake to, um, to do an in-person showing are fully aware of the potential health risks. Now, there's, there's lots of uh, documents floating around. I don't think that's any surprise to members that uh, members could, could ask their, the people that uh, are going into the property to, uh, to acknowledge, and that's fine. I think it's a good good idea to do that. It doesn't even have to be a document, in my opinion. I, I think a, an exchange of email messages uh, describing that this is something they want to do, they're aware of the risks, and there's no guarantees and so forth. I think that would be appropriate, and that's just basic risk management. I was really pleased to hear um, the Solicitor General um, uh, provided the, uh, the boards with a document uh, that said, look, you are an essential service, and as such, um, we are going to relieve you from liability. And, and a lot of members have uh, expressed concern about COVID-19 liability and what if someone takes a run at me for giving it to them. Well, look, um, our E&O insurance, as many people uh, discovered, has never covered that kind of risk. It could be that brokerages own general liability insurance may cover it. Uh, but you know, it's 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 a, going to be a would be a very difficult thing, I should think, to try to uh, satisfy a judge that uh, something you did or didn't do caused someone to get COVID-19, especially if you have uh, reasonable documentation that they understood the risks. So it was very comforting uh, in a way uh, to uh, get that notice from the government, and it might give some comfort to members. Now, I did speak to a lawyer about that. And uh, the lawyer said, look, yes, it's very nice to have, and that's all good. But um, if you're absolutely negligent, uh, this is not going to relieve you of your obligations. So um, licensees, licensees need to remember, um, document the advice that you give. Uh, document uh, consent to showings and health risks. And then make sure at the, uh, at the showing that all of, the, uh, all of the good advice given by uh, Dr. Bonnie Henry is followed. You know, um, for example, masks, gloves, cleaning, um, and uh, physical distancing. That's right, and and I've had the pleasure of sitting in on one of your risk management courses, and and this is this is not new. This is you know something that realtors know to do, and that you 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 and others teach them to do, and that's you know managing their risk. What are some of the other risks associated uh, with you know realtors continuing to try and do business? in this time, uh, has anything else popped out to you or, or is it really about just managing risk? It is about managing risk, but it's also about realtors deciding um, to take control of what they will and won't do. Um, I was um, speaking to a realtor a little earlier uh, today and she had um, uh, someone she'd been working with to try and list their property over the last few weeks had uh, contacted her and said, okay, we're, we're ready to go. We, we need you to come over. And she doesn't want to go over and see the property and has offered this particular seller a number of options that they could uh, they could follow uh, to get the property on the market with pictures and then 
you know, showings if an offer is accepted. Now, now the seller uh, said, no, no, we want to meet with you. And if you won't meet with us, we'll find somebody else. You know, that's a difficult situation under current um, circumstances with, um, you know, deals for many members being few and far between. I mean, you'd, you'd have to make a decision at that point. Um, okay, am I going to um, override my uh, uh, my desire to uh, to not put myself in harm's way and walk away from the business, or am I going to uh, go there and see the seller? So, the, you know, I think that uh, that realtors are facing these kinds of decisions, and I uh, the best thing I can do is just to suggest to them that um, you know they they come first, their health comes first, uh, the family uh, the family's health comes first. They'll just have to balance the, the need of people to actually see them uh, with their health. Some members will be willing to go a little farther than others, perhaps, but it is a very personal decision. But as I said at the beginning, if you're going to take a client on, uh, then uh, that brings with it the obligation to follow their lawful instructions. You, you touched on um, you know, taking on new transactions or, or you know, maybe walking away from a transaction, maybe even walking away from you know, the practice because, because of those, those ethics and those moral dilemmas that your realtors might have. There's a lot going on for realtors to keep up with you know, on top of trying to stay afloat. Uh, and, and realtors might be getting pulled in, in many different directions, as you've alluded to. And that might include finding other sources of income during this time because maybe it's easier and makes more sense or, or putting and putting a pause on, on real estate. What, what advice can you give to realtors when it comes to, to doing that and other things and, and representing the realtor brand right now? Because you know, even if they do decide to put a pause on, on the tr- transactions, either consciously or just because of the way things are, it just happens naturally and organically, uh, they're, they're still licensees and, and realtors and still representing the realtor brand during this time. What, what advice can you give about sort of managing that and balancing that as, as things uh, start to take shape in their new normal? Sure. Well, off the top of my head, look, people have to put food on the table and they have to pay rent. Um, if they're not seeing uh, deals coming through in their pipeline, uh, if they're reticent about um, in-person contacts that, that come with uh, with um, practicing real estate, then, yeah, of course, they're going to be looking for other sources of income. So just um, off the top of my head, as I said, uh, if a realtor is going to keep their real estate license active, uh, that is permitted. They are permitted to have other employment. Um, but they should remember that as long as they have a license um, and they're a member of a board, then that would mean that both the real estate council and the board would have at least some um, ability to um, uh, react to any complaints that might be made about them uh, in their personal capacity. Article 21 in the Realtor Code, for example, um, is about... Um, conduct unbecoming. I'm not suggesting the realtor is going to go do something they, they shouldn't. But uh, you do want to remember, um, even though you might be wearing another hat, if you still have your real estate license, you're still obligated um, as, uh, as a licensee and to your board to protect the collective reputation of the uh, profession. Yeah, absolutely. That's 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 really helpful. And and you know the collective responsibility you've talked about uh, to protect your you know, the families and the people, uh, you know, around you is also one of those responsibilities that I, you know people are are taking on quite, 
you know, quite holy. And, and, you know, we see realtors out there doing a lot to help their communities. And that's certainly not something that's new. That's something that, you know, realtors do quite actively in, on, on an ongoing basis uh, in, in normal times too. But when, when we're looking at realtors being designated as an, uh, or re- real estate being designated as an essential service, um, is there anything more you can say about, you know, the, the way realtors can and, and should act during this time um, when they're continuing to do their business, knowing that, you know, this is a very delicate situation? There's a lot of strong feelings. Um, everyone in our society is facing a great deal of pressure. There's the fear of the unknown. There's financial fear. And that manifests itself in many ways um, with people being, um, you know, a little a little more sensitive than, than they normally would be. And so, you know, but realtors are good at that. They're very empathetic people. They make their living uh, developing relationships with people. They're good at that. Uh, and I'm sure they're sensitive now to the situations that their buyers and sellers are facing. I mean, you know, shelter is one of the one of the, the the needs that that humanity has right up there with food and safety. And so when 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 shelter is somehow jeopardized, either through financial pressures uh, or an inability to find a place, uh, that's there's a lot of stress there. And realtors are extremely good at absorbing some of that stress on behalf of their clients. They just need to continue doing that and uh, being as sensitive as possible. And that's tough because, you know, realtors are facing their own financial pressures and uh, they have to put food on the table as well. So it's a tough situation to be in and my, my heart's out there for them. Well, we appreciate you uh, spending some time with us to, to kind of talk through this all, some of some of those ethical and, and moral questions that might be going through uh, realtors' minds, but then also some of the more practical stuff about just, you know, continuing to do business, but albeit in a, in, in a slightly different or uh, amended way. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on to, to say to realtors in BC about uh, sort of what they're going through during this time? Well, <clears throat> when I was a very uh, new realtor, young realtor, um, long, long ago, interest rates were nearly 20%. The market was dead. Uh, that was my introduction to the business. And, um, you know, there were headlines in the Vancouver Sun and other newspapers, you know, the real estate market's dead, it'll never recover. Uh, it's all over. And all I can say is that it did recover and people recovered. Uh, humanity's really good at recovering from situations like this. You just just have to stick with it. Just stick with it. Do the basics. Work on the back end of your business. Develop your client list. Go through everything. Get it all nice and done. Maybe think about a new ad campaign. Phone your clients and your friends to to hold their hands. They may they may need to talk to you. They they may need someone to reach out to them. And uh, we will get through this. Uh, it's going to take some time, but we will get through it. Things always improve. Well, those are great words. Very encouraging, and um, I'm sure very welcome. To, to all those realtors listening out there. So thanks again for joining us and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. You're very welcome. My pleasure. That was a great conversation with Kim. We hope you found that useful. Thanks again to him for joining us today and thank you for listening. That brings us to the end of this episode of Open House by BCREA. For links to all the items and resources we mentioned here today, visit bcreapodcast.ca. And as you know, you can also find the latest COVID-19 news and information for realtors in BC at bcrea.bc.ca slash COVID-19. You can always get the latest from BCREA by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. 
If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions on future topics to discuss on the show, feel free to email us at podcast at bcrea.bc.ca. We'll talk to you again soon.